Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome into the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silverberg. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. And it's a fun week right now in SPHL hockey. Knoxville's coming off back-to-back wins. They are getting ready for a road trip to Pensacola. So hopefully a little bit of warmer weather for the boys to enjoy while they're down there for two big games against the Ice Flyers. And obviously it's it's now the final 25% or so of the season, depending on which team you are, how many games you have left, and how many games you're supposed to play in the regular season. Because of course there are six teams now playing 57 games this season, including Knoxville, due to the ceasing of operations for the Vermilion County Bobcats from earlier in the year. So Knoxville with 11 games left in the season, 46 games in, we are almost to the finish line of the regular season and we have decided absolutely nothing because Knoxville is four points out of second place, four points behind Birmingham and only five points from sliding back all the way to sixth place. And if they don't take care of business this weekend, well, Pensacola could start to get itself into the mix for weeks. We've been talking about this this cluster of teams of second through sixth place, including Birmingham, Huntsville, Knoxville, Roanoke, Evansville. Peoria has kind of pulled away in first place a little bit, haven't clinched anything yet. A lot could change over the course of 10 or 11 games. But now Pensacola on the back end of that, despite the fact that they blew multiple two-goal leads over the weekend to Quad City, fell in overtime on Friday, fell in, or on, excuse me, on Saturday, and then fell in a shootout on Sunday Pensacola still only four points back of Evansville for sixth place in the standings. Obviously, some teams have games in hand, and so things can get turned around at any time. You've seen some teams at times this year go on runs, and then suddenly the run stops. We've seen teams be very streaky at times throughout the course of the season, and so if you get hot at the right time, that can elevate your playoff standing when we get to the end of the season. But we have less than a month to go. Less than a month to go until we get to the end of the season, or really about a month to go. It's March 7th as I'm recording this right now, and so we're, we're pretty much about a month away from the end of the season. We're going to know playoff seedings and like, what is it, 32, 33 days from right now? Just wild that we've gotten this far into the season this quickly, and it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Knoxville's been back and forth, up and down the standings. They are currently in fourth place, one point behind Huntsville for third. And if the season ended today, Knoxville would play Roanoke in the first round of the playoffs, which is hilarious to think about when you consider these two teams have already played each other nine times and they'll play each other five more times before the season is end. And so they could play each other three more times on top of that by the time we get to the second week of April. And obviously a lot has to be determined. Roanoke's got a really tough series against Huntsville. Knoxville has to go on the road to Pensacola, which if if you've been tracking what other teams are doing from an attendance standpoint. Pensacola's had really solid attendance. That's a tough place to play. Pensacola plays pretty well at home. So nothing guaranteed despite Pensacola being in seventh place. I know they've lost seven of their last 10. 
but that is not a guaranteed four points for Knoxville by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure the Ice Bears, and granted, there's been a lot of roster turnover since the last time these two teams played in late November, but for the players that were there that weekend of Thanksgiving, Pensacola did steal a point from the Ice Bears there on that, that final weekend in November, and so Knoxville, maybe a little bit of revenge for that shootout loss that the Ice Bears were handed at the hands of the Ice Flyers back in late November. So four big points on the line with Huntsville and Roanoke playing each other. It gives Knoxville an opportunity to stay in front of Roanoke if they can pick up some points. Knoxville leads Roanoke by three games. Roanoke has two games in hand, but Knoxville could theoretically leapfrog Huntsville if Roanoke is able to steal a game or two from the Havoc this upcoming weekend. So it's a lot of fun. Knoxville gets to make the drive down on Friday, sit back, see a full slate of action for Friday night. Fayetteville's at Birmingham. That could be a really good game. Evansville has to make sure that it handles business against Macon. As I mentioned, Roanoke and Huntsville and Quad City starting to get into desperation road. They they picked up four huge points with those two wins. Come from behind wins over Pensacola last weekend. They've got to go to Peoria Friday night, and then Knoxville will begin its series Saturday and Sunday at Pensacola, at the Pensacola Bay Center for this upcoming weekend. So it's going to be a big weekend in the SPHL, and pretty much every weekend is is going to be big from here on out. You've got Birmingham that's won five straights, and now they're looking to take care of business against Fayetteville at home. Fayetteville trying to push itself away from Quad City, maybe catch up to Pensacola for the number seven seed to give the marksman a little bit more of a cushion. And so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it really did look like Fayetteville was just going to pull away from Quad City. And now the Storm, hey, they've won five of their last 10. They've won two straight, a couple of come from behind wins. They're not out of it yet. So Quad City was still with some work to do and obviously a tough road to have to go to Peoria to try to increase the odds of, of getting a playoff seed at this point in the season. But you never want to count out a team that's playing with a little bit of desperation. Right now, Quad City, Fayetteville, starting to get to that point to make sure that you are included in that top eight by the time we get to the second weekend of April. So looking back at this past weekend, obviously what happened the week before, not ideal. Knoxville defeats Roanoke on Thursday night, leads 3-1 to one late in the second period, ends up losing 4-3, to three, leads 4-1 to one on Saturday late in the second period, ends up losing 5-4. to four. And so I think Knoxville felt very bitter about leaving for at least a minimum of two points up there on the board uh, for the taking. And especially with Justin Portillo getting suspended after the game on Thursday, which was a, a very odd situation to begin with. So Knoxville a little shorthanded. Then you've got the bench brawl that occurs. And so several players for both teams are kicked out of that game on Friday. So Knoxville playing a little shorthanded on Friday. Then more suspensions are handed down. So Knoxville's really shorthanded on Saturday. But despite all that, I thought Knoxville played well enough to win. And sure, you could look at that Saturday game and say, well, maybe Knoxville ran out of gas in the third period. But Knoxville did some really good things to put itself in position to find a way to win despite being shorthanded. Now fast forward to the following Thursday. Knoxville has to play Roanoke again. Tanner Salisbury thought he had a great quote before the game that you heard during the intermission on that Thursday night broadcast. He said, look, we're playing with 12 skaters. We're never shorthanded when we're playing at home in front of our fans. And that was the case. Knoxville got its first shutout win of the year. Christian Stead, really solid in net. But the guys in front of him were eating pucks like crazy. You think a shutout against a team like Roanoke, especially when Knoxville played Roanoke the previous Saturday, they were outshot 38 to 16. They were only outshot 22 to 21 on that Thursday night shutout. So Christian Stead, you know, 
tough workload, stopped a couple of really good attempts, but I thought the quality of chances for Roanoke were fairly limited. I thought Knoxville did a really good job at taking away some of Roanoke's better scoring opportunities. Stead had a great sliding kick save with his right pad off a one-timer by Billy Vizzo from the left circle. And then, of course, Roanoke got a little bit lucky there for Knoxville, hit the post twice in the latter stages of that game. Now, granted, Knoxville scored three goals, so maybe it wouldn't have made a difference, but I thought Knoxville played really well, ton of effort, only had 12 skaters available, and Knoxville got a big win at home on Thursday night and then went on the road on Saturday, took care of business against Macon. Macon scored a a goal late in the first period to kind of make it interesting going into the second. Knoxville responded with two goals. Macon got a couple back. Knoxville hangs on for the 5-3 to three win. Julian Syme, I thought he played well in his professional debut. He's a rookie out of the University of Waterloo up in Canada, but he made some really nice saves throughout the course of that game. I didn't think any of the three goals he gave up were bad ones. I, I think maybe that second one, you're thinking, okay, well, if, he's, if he can anticipate that puck coming low, maybe he can drop, but he's being screened in front, and then the other two goals came on the power play, and, and more so it's just... More like, a, oh man, so close to these numbers because the the first goal came with 51 seconds left in the first period and the third goal came with 22 seconds left in the third period, both on the power play. And that, that third goal by TJ Sneath was just a really nice shot. He had traffic in front, got over to the right hash and kind of picked his corner up on the, on the far left side, on the opposite side towards that far side post. Thought that was just a nice shot. And then Macon pounced on a rebound for that first period goal. But it's like, oh man, just... 51 more seconds here and 22 more seconds here. And, and Syme would have had a, a 39 safe performance on 40 shots and only one goal allowed. And, oh, man, it would have been so cool. And I still think it was really cool for him to go out and get a win in his professional debut, having to go on the road where it, it ha- you know, I, I know it's it's easy to look at Macon and say, well, their attendance numbers aren't as high as Pensacola's or Roanoke's or Huntsville's or Knoxville's. But Macon's been kind of a tough place to play for Knoxville. Macon seems to play well in front of their fans. They made it a physical game. Knoxville was still a little short. They didn't have Jagger Williamson in addition to Dino Balsamo and Justin McDonald. All three of those guys were a little banged up, and and I'm told that there's optimism surrounding all three of those guys to potentially play this weekend. Nothing's decided, but I think all three guys are hopeful. Uh, my understanding is that for Jagger, Williamson blocked a really hard shot in that game on Thursday, and what I was told was just he needed a day, and Knoxville was able to give them that. They went out, and, and Knoxville had five different goal scorers. And so Justin Portillo was reinserted into the lineup, and he scored a goal. His first goal is an ice bear. So great to see that. Carter Colthorpe, his first goal of the season after coming back. And I thought it was an overall pretty good performance. Nick Price looked really good out there. Another solid game for him. A really nice backhand pass from the right wall to set up that one-timer by Portillo. Kyler Matthews, he comes back from suspension. He scores from the slot. I, I thought there were guys that played really well for Knoxville after either being suspended or, in Carter Colthorpe's case, being injured the entire season and then just coming back last week to join Knoxville and Roanoke and to go out and, and get his first goal. I think it, it always helps to be able to go and get that early. So I was really happy for Carter and five different goal scores. You always love to see that. Cole McKechnie, guy works so hard. It, I always feel like all of Cole's goals are off rebounds or finding loose pucks by the crease. Because that's what happened. Nolan Slahetka, he gets moved up to forward due to the way that the numbers are. He takes a shot from the left circle. It gets blocked. He manages to grab the rebound, throws it on net again. Hey, you throw the puck on the net, good things happen. McKechnie in the right place at the right time. I was happy to see that Knoxville get rewarded by getting guys to go out there and just score goals. And 
you know, Justin Portillo, when we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, he talks about his physicality, how he likes to work out. He, he knows he's a bit of a bigger guy and he, he's not afraid to throw the body around. And he, and I think he enjoys having that role, whatever team he's playing for. But let's be honest, every player loves to score goals. And so if a, you know, Justin Portillo gets to go out there and score. Cole Thorpe gets his first as an ice bear this season. Those guys love to score goals. And so you see guys going out there and making plays. And I, I thought it was just good for Knoxville to be able to go kind of play a trap game. And at times it was kind of a boring style of hockey. But And I mean that as a compliment. Knoxville was really just trying to limit what Macon could do. I thought Macon got frustrated in the third period. You saw David Nippard throwing the body around, eventually got kicked out of the game for spearing Ryan Devine. Um you saw Jesse Anderson take a penalty. You saw Kyle Soper take a penalty. Knoxville took advantage. They had a couple of power play goals. And so, and Bailey Conger, oh my gosh, the goal that he had in that second period just outworked Wyatt Trumbly through the right circle, kind of waited and then just turned on the Jets. And I think sometimes you see Bailey kind of gliding around. He likes to be a very patient skater. And so sometimes you forget that he can accelerate at a very fast rate. My, oh my, I didn't think he had the angle to get around Trumbly there. I thought he was going to be forced to shoot from the right circle. I thought he was going to have to try to either dangle or cut back to the slot. I thought he was going to have to pan out to the perimeter and maybe wait for a pass. He just skated right by Wyatt Trumbly and then beat Cody Karpinski to the opposite post where he was able to slip the backhand underneath. And that was a really nice individual effort from Conger. And happy to see that uh, for him his last couple of games contributing on the score sheet. Just an overall great effort, I thought, by Knoxville to go out there. And uh, even with Julian Syme having a, a pretty big workload, 40 shots in his first professional game, thought he played well. And I'm sure the coaching staff is looking at, all right, here are some things that we can improve on across the board. But Knoxville is really hopeful right now that for the first time in four or five games, they'll be able to play with a full 16 skater lineup. And so we'll, we'll see how the rest of the week plays out. Obviously, you want those guys that we mentioned before, Balsamo, McDonald, Williamson, to continue to heal up and to feel better. But, uh, you know, that's just the the nature of the course of the hockey season, of seeing guys that just get bruised and some guys, you know, unfortunately needing to take a day off here or there. And, and Williamson hadn't missed a game all season. And so, you know, if, if it's to the point where he needs a day, then it, it must really be starting to show the effects of, of what a professional hockey season can have on any player. So would love to see those guys come back soon. Obviously the, the long-term goal is to be ready and hundred percent healthy for the playoffs. And so if, you know, it's ultimately decided that, Hey, this is the player's best interest. This is the team's best interest. They're going to make the right decision. That's best for the organization as a whole and for the player individually. But I can assure you all three of those guys right now want nothing more to be out there. I'm sure it it absolutely what I'm sure Jags hated it to not be out there on Saturday. And I can assure you that McDonald and Balsamo, they've hated missing the last several games as they've had to do. So hopefully all those guys are able to come back very, very soon. Would love to see them back in Pensacola this weekend. And it's a big series for both teams. Pensacola is trying to ensure that Fayetteville doesn't catch up to it. I think Pensacola believes that it can get back into that sixth seed if it can catch up to Evansville and it's just a, it's, it's always an opportunity this time of year when you have those clusters those teams start to play each other Huntsville's got to play Roanoke it's an opportunity for everybody else around there to maybe take advantage that if those two teams split well then they don't really gain any progress on each other if anything it's kind of a win for Huntsville since they have four points in hand over Roanoke right now and so instead it's two more games that you've burned through where if you're Roanoke, okay, you didn't make progress, and then if Roanoke sweeps Huntsville, okay, now they're tied with the same number of games played. 
just so many different scenarios that could happen over the course. And if you're Knoxville, you're thinking, hey, well, if Huntsville doesn't sweep Roanoke and we sweep Pensacola, well, now we can gain traction. But if you're Pensacola and you're thinking, hey, if we sweep Knoxville and Roanoke gets swept, well, then we edge a little bit closer to that six, maybe that five seed. It's just very interesting to see how every every team has different desires in mind for each series that's being played each weekend. And it's kind of cool to see it all play out. So uh, a fun weekend of hockey, an exciting weekend of hockey is ahead. Knoxville's headed down to the Pensacola Bay Center, which, which for me, just kind of as a side note, I think is one of the coolest arenas in the SPHL. And I, I think now they've got the booth set up for me, so I'm told we're going to be able to have audio on Hockey TV if you're listening that way. And, of course, we'll have it on 105.1 WKCE and the Knoxville Ice Bears game day app. So I'll, I'll probably be up high if you're making the trip down to Pensacola. But every other time I've been there, I've been in the middle of the lower and upper deck in the concourse, which is really, really neat because you get all the crowd noise all around you, and it's a really cool atmosphere. So I'm excited to be back to the Pensacola Bay Center. I spent a lot of years of my childhood in Pensacola. Uh, we used to have a vacation spot down there, so I uh, used to have some friends down there. I actually almost went to college in Pensacola, so... Um, it just, just would have been, uh, you know, it's always really neat to kind of go back there and see the town and, uh, hang out there for a couple of days. Cause it's usually a two or three day trip for us, but excited to go back to the Bay center because I think their fans are really passionate seeing some of the stuff that they've done, uh, just through social media and stuff as well. It seems like they're having a lot of fun down there. Um, I know from a, a wins and losses standpoint, they probably want to see more wins for their team. Seventh place, you know, you know, for a team that's won a bunch of championships, that's not the standard for Pensacola, but their fans seem like they're having a good time. And so that's going to really be really cool to go down and see this weekend. And I know Ice Bears fans always have a good time whenever they go down to Pensacola. I know some have stopped by and said hello, and you know they they make a beach trip out of it if the weather permits. And you know last year when Knoxville went to Pensacola, it was in February. This year it's in March, so maybe a little bit more beach weather for Ice Bears fans that are making the trip down to Pensacola this year. So for those of you that are making the trip, safe travels there and back. And for those of you that aren't, we invite you to join the staff at the Ice Bears watch party on Saturday night and early Sunday evening as Knoxville will take on Pensacola for a couple of games at Union Place Bar and Grill, Chambliss Avenue in Bearden. Uh, Great place to watch a game, great food. And so be sure to check out the watch party if you can't make the trip down to Pensacola. And of course, if you're at home, uh, you can watch on Hockey TV still at home or you can listen on the Knoxville Ice Bears game day app thanks to our friends at 105.1. WKCE, the flagship station of the Knoxville Ice Bears. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thanks again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll have another episode next week right here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast.